diving Hope comes and stops us in our tracks Bravely we prove in our striving Trudging together each day Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raw Recovery, a Trudging Together podcast. My name is Dion Miller, and I will be your host today. Uh, today, we are so happy to have back uh, Dr. Melissa Jenkins. Uh, she has been with us uh, here before. Um, and today, we are going to be talking about managing stress over the holidays. And what a great time to do this. Um, and we're really going to be covering... Well, we're, we're going to find out. Um, I've been letting uh, a lot of people know that this is one of the podcasts that I think will help anybody. So there isn't a person out there that I don't think um, would not get something from this. I'd like to do a little bit of an introduction here real quick, and then I'm going to turn the show over uh, to Dr. Jenkins. Um, but she is a licensed psychologist who obtained her doctorate of philosophy in clinical psychology from Wichita's. Wichita State University, 2011. She has experience with brand range of intervention and assessment in the field and working with experience working with religiously and ethnically diverse populations. That is fantastic. And just even in, I could talk so much on even just that one line and what you do, but that's not the topic today. So what we're going to do uh, today, we are, again, I'm just going to reiterate, we are talking about managing stress over the holidays. And what I'm going to do is go ahead and turn the show on over to uh, Dr. Jenkins. Uh, thank you very much for taking an hour of your time to help us. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Good to be here. Um. So let's go ahead and, and get started. Is there a place that you wanted to start with this? Well, I have some ideas. I know that, you know, originally you, you wanted me to come on. One of the things that, that I do is I work with people who really struggle with addictions or obsessions or predispositions to food. And, you know, you all, uh, all have a lot of experience with people who struggle with other areas of addiction. And they kind of Correct. process but you brought me on to talk about how to manage that as it relates to stress uh, over the holiday. And, you know, one of the things that I think is, is helpful to point out initially is when we are experiencing elevated stress, it isn't random. <laughs> there, are, okay. there, are, there are reasons why. A lot of times I think people can say, well, it's just a bad time of the year. And they get very mm. negative and, and, and vague about how they yeah. look at the year. And it's like they've decided how it's going to be before it even happens. Mm, okay. Um, but it isn't random. There are reasons why we might feel this over the course of uh, this time of the year. And I want to help people understand that. Okay. And give them a couple tips maybe in each of the areas about what they can think about instead if they relate to that area, what they mm -hmm. could be thinking about and focusing on um, alternatively. And so it's important to understand that um, stress comes from elevated levels of cortisol. Okay. That's that stress hormone, right? Adrenaline as well. And when we have that, um, we can know that we probably have some additional pressures that are happening um, that are causing that cortisol to rise. And you both can probably relate to elevated pressure over the holiday. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, certainly. You know, with with family, you know, expectations that are coming up, being happy, <laughs> the requirement to act like you're joyful, those sorts of things. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. So you hit on some of the areas that I feel like are important to point out. I've kind of, as I thought about what I wanted, how I wanted to organize this time, I thought of four main areas that I think really amp up people's pressure over the holidays so that then they would interpret that as stress. Okay. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, to start with just the fact that uh, the holidays are overstimulating. You know, so yeah. during this time, November, actually maybe even starting in, in Halloween, uh, you know, in December, um, when there are too many sights and sounds and there are so many activities going on. Oh, in yeah. Environment, it's very easy to become overstimulated, even if you're not a person that struggles with overstimulation. Um, and so naturally that is going to be, you know, a signal that your body has that says, you know, there's a threat or there's something different. And maybe that's yeah. I don't know how to interpret it. Those levels uh -huh. of cortisol rise and all of a sudden uh -huh. you're feeling stress. And what do you do when you're feeling overstimulated and stressed? You yep. go to the thing that's going to take it away, yeah. quote unquote, right? It doesn't yeah. take it away, but you go. And we jump, we jump to an ism. And in this case, ism would be, you know, food, alcohol, or any of those things. We'll jump to what that's our word for it is ism. That's right. But do we have to jump to that when we are overstimulated? My answer would be no. I don't think no. that we have to jump to that. Um, instead, I think we could recognize, is overstimulation something that I'm struggling right now? Do I feel no. like there are too many sights and sounds? Do I have too many activities? Do I need to say no? And it's okay to say no it uh, is. during this holiday season. And I just want to give per people permission to do that. Yeah. That, I think that's fantastic because a lot of people don't know, you know, and I call this delayed gratification, because what we can do is become aware. And once I'm aware of what's going on, then I can have a different solution than mm -hmm. my alcohol, like maybe go home and take a bath. Um, I do a lot of touching and feeling, you know, maybe my wife's there. I'm going to give her a hug and we're, gonna, we're leaving. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that you brought that up because one of the suggestions I had is recognize that there needs to be balance in what you say yes and no to, that there isn't any guilt or shame that anyone mm -hmm. should really feel when they do that balance for themselves. That's that self-compassion. But maybe take a purposeful break, you know, yeah. every day for 30 minutes or, you know, once a week during this time that you maybe wouldn't have necessarily done fully during other times of the year. But you okay. know you're really going to need to feel to fill your bucket and to refill your resources during this time. And so you do maybe some of these things you're suggesting, you know, and, or, or many other things, you know, if, is there a craft or just a meditation or mm -hmm. you take time for a breath, you know, or you watch your favorite show, do something for you purposefully each week to refill your resources. That's a, that's a fantastic idea. And um, I, I call it decompression and that I usually take anywhere from a half hour to an hour a day to decompress from the day because uh, things can build up so much for me, especially right now. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even think of all the lights and, and the hustle and bustle of Christmas and things are happening. And yeah, that can be, that can be a lot for people. Absolutely. Our brain has to process that. It doesn't, it doesn't just get stuck somewhere or, you know, go in one ear out the other. Our brain 
process these things, processes things all of the time yeah. um, that, that we're exposed to. So it, we've, we've got to be present and aware of what's going on, you know, so that we can do something different. Um, one of the things too, when you're, you're tackling a lot of different um, extras over the course of the holiday is really sit down with yourself and say, what is my general routine? Maybe I don't need to do that the whole year and be, you know, uh, a real stickler about what I'm doing every day. But what okay. is it that I needed to do during all of those extra months that seemed like it made things flow smoothly? And mm. then after you write that down visually, then start fitting in your extras. A little thing, maybe mm. a couple of days each week or one thing a week, you have to know your boundaries, right? Yep. But you fit those things around what you need, not letting go of the things that you need because you have to fit in all of these extras. Yeah, you know, that's a fantastic idea. And I I do kind of do that, but not to the level of writing it down. And I think that's great because then I can go through and be like, oh, I have time right here. And I could fit in, I could fit in going shopping at this point. But what I also do is I ask my tummy if it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it'll it'll give me an indication. Yeah, I feel like I'm fine. But it's true. My my morals and everything still sit there. Um, so I will ask my tummy, um, is that what you want to do? Because it's also my willingness level. And it'll tell me where I'm at. Creates our, awareness for me. Our emotions very often, we we feel them in certain parts of our, our body. And for you and maybe many other people you know, that is the belly. That's a very common space. But, you know, maybe even to spend some time and think about what are those indicators in my body that I can pay attention to? Where am mm -hmm. I feeling that? So that I know, is, is it a particularly uncomfortable feeling? Maybe I need some more boundaries in yeah. my feelings okay wherever that is in my body well then it would be okay to fill up this space with something absolutely what a great suggestion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know you've we've talked a little bit about things that we can do and and one of the things that people often do and it's ironic it's actually not doing is they withdraw during yes. the holiday season okay um, and a lot of times people withdraw maybe because of overstimulation, they're overwhelmed, mm -hmm. maybe they're avoiding people. I want to talk about that a little bit later, but, um, one of the reasons that they withdraw is grief. Yes. Actually, that's exactly what was going through my mind. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I think it's really important to do with these feelings um, you know, there were important people that were part of our holidays. We made mm -hmm. memories with them. We remember them during this time. When when we withdraw, um, we don't necessarily allow ourselves. Now, there's there's time to process and and, and um, process those emotions, which is fantastic. Yeah. But what, the kind of withdrawal I'm talking about is just fully withdrawing and trying to go inside a shell. Well, you're not really yeah. with emotions. Yeah. And when we do that, we really don't allow ourselves to keep that person present with us anymore. Yeah. Almost like a double grieving. It, it Yeah. It's like we're making ourselves go through something. And and i just like to point out real quick, too, that grieving, um, yes, it can mean, you know, loss of a loved one because of death. But it can also mean you're no longer a part of the family. Oh, um, yeah. On my dad's side of the family. I don't get invited to Christmas 
And that hurt me for a long time. And I withdrew. I just stayed home and cried or, you know, drank or, or did whatever. Mm-hmm. And through a lot of healing, no, I'm not invited this year, but I'm going to my mom's because I decided to heal that side of the family. And this is the first time in 25 years I'm looking forward to Christmas. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And it, it's neat. But I, I do understand that. I'd like the audience to know that it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that died. It could be just somebody that isn't a part of your life anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And what you've done through the healing is that you have not withdrawn. You've come out and you've felt those feelings and you've processed them, likely with some help and support. Oh, yeah. And because of that, you get to be here with us today and you get to be with this other side of the family. And so you've actually, you know, you've gone out and you've made connections again. You've by tackling the grieving and allowing it to be part of your your world and not withdrawing, you've opened up your world to a lot of other great opportunities and possibilities Mm -hmm. for connection, which is why I would suggest don't withdraw. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what so I decided this was the year of healing for me. And I'm just going to, this story, I haven't been able to tell this story and I think it's pretty neat and it, it applies here. Um, and it was going to be the year of healing for Dion. And I started with my mom because I'm a mommy's boy. Okay. I love my mom. I don't want to be angry with her. So I healed that relationship. Well, then the other, her other relationship started healing also. My mm-hmm. wife reached out and healed their relationship and then my older brother has a wife she hasn't been they got in a fight 10 years ago hasn't been around Mm. and she came back and now they're healed and i felt like i kind of feel like i i don't want to take credit but when you re when when you heal intentionally in front of people it has power to help other people and and i just wanted to share that because I felt like it was really neat. Beautiful, very relevant. I think what you're teaching the listeners is when you don't choose to withdraw, when you don't go into that shell and when you let it out into the open and you be raw and vulnerable, other people can do that too. It's contagious. Mm -hmm. And so then you get to heal together. And that's powerful because it means that no matter what we go through in any period of our life, you know, we we can we can get through you know we can mm-hmm. push to some other light at the at the other side it's always yeah. possible, right we don't have to be scared of that process even though it might involve heartache what feels like heartache yeah and you know i think what takes away a lot of that fear is what you said i went i got help so mm-hmm. i found a therapist that i thought was good for me mm-hmm. um and i started doing some emdr um, and I started with little things, go out of the house a little bit at a time, do things that I'm willing to do. And before you know it, I was going back to work part time, you know, so it, it when you don't withdraw and you have so, uh, even a little bit of courage to say, I'm hurting, but I don't want to go away. Somebody will reach out and help you. Um, you just need to ask. Call Call one of us, please. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A little bit of bravery goes a long way. Um, yeah, we don't have to be scared over the, even though it feels scary sometimes. Yes. One of the ways that I think that we can um, heal through connection and not withdraw is through service. Oh yeah. 
service is so powerful emotionally. Listen, if, if you feel like, you know, there are things that I don't need anything this holiday season, but I've got a lot to give, or maybe I don't mm-hmm. feel like I have a lot to give, but I want to give something. I want to give all I've got left. And I'm not yeah. talking about money necessarily. I'm talking about the time. time and a smile or a conversation like we're doing today. Effort. Yep. It's really important. And that's one way that you can really share light in a season that's supposed to be full of light. So you talked about happiness before, you know, mm-hmm. if you just find happiness in a way that's outside the box through giving your light, you know, to people around you, I think that's, that's all it really needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those, you know, and I think what you're doing there is what we call right sizing. In other words, we're, you know, because People with isms, we tend to make things bigger than what they need to be. We're extremists. And that's where that balance comes back in. Understand, you know, give yourself, you know, this is the way I, this is the way I see it is I don't take myself too seriously, but I listen to myself. Hmm. Okay, and, and then I'll ask myself certain questions. Well, why are you feeling mad, Dion? Well, this person just did this to me and I didn't really appreciate it. And, but I've been to a lot of therapy, so I can process it. Mm-hmm. So um, even if you're feeling just a little lonely or what, reach out to so- reach out to somebody. Service work can change your whole attitude. It can change your whole attitude. Absolutely, definitely. Mm-hmm. And because I work with a I work with a lot of homeless people, mm-hmm. and um, and I ask them all the time what they need. Because it is not for me to decide what they need. Mm-hmm. And you would think that most of the time they would say, well, I'd like a roof over my head. But that's not what they say. They say, I want somebody that cares and listens to me. That's what they say. And that's the number one thing people want. And Dion, isn't that, isn't that kind of what we all want? Yeah, yeah, I do too. Homeless or not, I think, I think that's kind of what we all want in the end. Sure. We want we want to be heard and and you know um, the way I see it is we're all children of God and and because of that one fact I need to treat everybody with love. Oh. Yeah, you know I think people get to that same message in so many different ways, but we yeah. all we all have you know I want all listeners to be, to feel involved here, but we all have this common human nature we came from a bigger picture right we're here together <laughs> we yeah. go through many similar things and so you know even if we just think about um we think about our connection in that way i mean we're part of something bigger here yeah and and what's what what's neat is if you can go through this because okay, there was a process here if everybody caught it <laughs> i caught it because we i wrote it down Right. So if you don't withdraw, maybe listen to yourself. Here's a good example. On Thanksgiving, uh, my wife was working and I was alone. And I'm like, eh, Thanksgiving is, isn't as a big deal to me, but I was feeling lonely. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go hang out with people that don't have anywhere to go either. So I work at Detox. I went to Detox for a little bit, hung out there, went to some AA meetings, some AA clubs hung out with people with that didn't have family and, and, and everybody taught, well, that was nice of you, but I did that for me. <laughs> it was service work. 
Yes, service work helps me out because it gets me out of my head. And when my head can start to process without me throwing my own stuff into it, it will work itself out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we don't need to feel anything negative about yeah. doing service work for us, too. It's okay to serve yourself. As yes. Well, right? Right. I work with a lot of people who don't see the value in themselves and don't see the reason why they mm -hmm. really give themselves that attention. But we yeah. are human, just like everyone else around us. We all have equal value. It's important for us to see that service to ourselves is, is just as important as service to others. Yeah. Well, what's the saying? You can't pour from an empty cup. Don't work harder than the client. You know, it's things like that. Um, you brought it up earlier, and that has to do with boundaries. Um, you know, what, what, what are some good self-care things? Um, walking is good. Um, I clean when I get, I don't know what it is, but when I, when I get a lot of anxiety, um, I put on some loud music and I clean and a half hour later, I'm usually okay. You know, Dion, I share this with you. Um, when I'm feeling stressed, I, I like to clean as well. And one of the things that I think it ties back to is under stimulation. So sometimes when your stress is high, yes. your pressure is high, and everything seems kind of crazy, you're overstimulated. That brings us back to our first point, right? But then you want to understimulate. You're like, I've got yep. to clear up this space so that my brain doesn't have to take in so much. And so cleaning really does that for me. And then the music component of it, music is so therapeutic. It and is. for some reason, more than others. But, um, you know, to sing and to dance, even if you're listening to that music, then you've got mm -hmm. sort of a three-pronged uh, three coping skill there yep. where Singing kind of stimulates the vagus nerve and dancing, the movement, <laughs> serotonin. Um, and yep, so I'm covering um, all the bases. There. Yes. Cleaning and music. I love that. Yeah. Um, and the under stimulation is very important. What I'm doing, well, the reason I'm cleaning is because it doesn't take any brain work. I don't have to think, mm -hmm. but I'm focused on something. Mm -hmm. So therefore, my brain is free to do what it needs to. My ears are listening to the music, something I enjoy. If it's not a song I don't like, then I change it. Right. And I usually put on songs that I can that I like to sing to. Mm -hmm. So now I'm also, you know, singing, and sooner or later you start laughing, and yeah. before you know it, you're in a different mode. That's right. This is something that you have some control over, right? So you mentioned focus, and that's exactly you know, kind of what I'm trying to walk the listeners through today is a series of areas of focus that when mm -hmm. your brain gets into that overwhelmed mindset, it's the holidays, right? The idea is that you find a focus, you know, today, what seems like the thing I'm struggling with the most? Is it overstimulation? Is it grief? Is it, you know, is it a number of these other things we're going to talk about? And then mm -hmm. finding one of these strategies underneath that and just focus. And mm -hmm. if that doesn't work, then take another and keep going yeah. down the line. And then eventually you'll find yourself not focusing on the holidays vaguely mm -hmm. um, and how bad you feel like that should be or how stressful that is. Um, but instead you will be somewhere completely different, potentially even unrelated to the yeah. holidays, like any other day of the year. It is. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot, there's a lot of times when that's exactly what I did, you know, Oh, it, it's Thanksgiving. No, it's Thursday. Mm -hmm. And if I thought about it that way, I was able to focus more. On it. Well, it's Thursday. So I'm going to do my Thursday stuff. 
mm-hmm. you know, and and that's what I do. That, and I think that goes back to writing down your routine mm-hmm. and understanding your routine. I know I'm a Virgo. I know my routine. Do not disrupt my routine. I'm kind of a little rigid on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very rigid on it. Um, you know, even if like we're going to go to the bank and my wife's like, can we stop by Starbucks? God. Yeah. I seriously get upset because it's messed with my routine. Right. And I go through this same process right here in a matter of seconds. So I don't take off my wife. We're going to Starbucks. It doesn't. She wasn't asking. Right. Exactly. (laughs) She's got to get to Starbucks. So you've got to figure out flexibly work that into your schedule, I suppose, yeah. right? Yeah. Service work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being of service to the people around you, sometimes doing things they need can really refill your own bucket. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. I, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, attitude was something that I kept kind of circling around in my mind. You'd mentioned this before. Um, and one of the, the areas that I think our attitude gets particularly negative or could get particularly negative in in my experience with people is family interaction generally. And you actually went there a little bit in the beginning uh, as we were talking about other things, but um, the people that are our family genetically, um, you know, sometimes it can be more difficult. The different personalities were together, you know, possibly they're not the person that we would choose to go get coffee with every week, but we love them none the same. We appreciate things about them. And the holidays actually kind of, you know, during this time, you're going to spend more time with these people, Mm -hmm. you know, than you would normally. Um, You're listening to things that have happened in their lives, the stressors they have. Um, You know, you're, again, different personality components. And how do you respond to those? And that can really increase levels of cortisol over time, that feeling of stress. And many times people don't know how to handle that. And yeah. so they find themselves going to food or to drink, right? Or to yeah. drink, um, instead. And so, you know, it might be good to kind of talk about maybe some better mindsets or attitudes that we could get into when we get into family situations. Absolutely. Um, having a good attitude. Um, attitude is probably the number one thing when it comes to any kind of A program, A-A-O-A-C-A-N-A. Your attitude is what's going to determine your what type of day you're going to have mm-hmm. um here's where i run into a couple of things for myself um you know sometimes people will write a gratitude list and i don't always think that's the best idea to start okay. thinking about ourselves like if we're in self-pity hmm. but i think about it a little different it's hard for me to be grateful for the roof over my head because that compares me to somebody that does not and I can't be grateful for that. That's tough for me. Oh, interesting. I don't, see like it, I don't see it like that at all. But I mean, I appreciate the perspective. I haven't thought of it that way before. So that's helpful to me um, to kind of have that. Um, I kind of think them as, think of them as sort of mutually exclusive. That the okay. thing that we have for something, just as a fact, is completely separate from our wish that others could have that too. Um, that there's actually no direct. Yeah comparison between you know you can say i'm thankful for this but i do not feel better than the person who doesn't have it okay that thank you that brings me some perspective on that um that wasn't really a statement or opinion i was kind of looking for help 
Um, <laughs> I like that. For, hey, there's nothing wrong with growing on here. Oh, I um, love I, it. I, a leadership by example. I'll bring up my problems. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> it, we're human. Um, it's being aware of these things. So, but back to attitude and, you know, having an attitude of gratitude yeah. that, you know, no, I'm not perfect, but, but life's perfect the way it is. It's fine. It's uh, taking it easy on yourself, being, being kinder to, to yourself. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a little bit earlier too. Yeah. Um, I myself have a hard time when I wake up in the morning because I have nightmares for my mm-hmm. PTSD. Mm-hmm. So I have a set of things that I do to change my attitude mm-hmm. uh, in the morning. So, um, and I don't have to do those all. It doesn't, it's not every day, but um, for me, your routine can be, can, if you put something in your routine in the morning, you can change your attitude. Absolutely. So if you put yourself, uh, you know, into these habits that we're talking about, I think your attitude naturally changes thoughts and feelings and behaviors are all interconnected. When you change one, it changes the other. Um, So that's, you know, brilliant to start there. And then secondary to that, I think, you know, it's, it's good during this time of the year to really take some time to think about up and coming um, family or social engagements, those people that you want to be a part of. Think about the things that might trigger you or the things that you don't necessarily relate to or the things that might irritate you a little bit. And maybe even write those down too. And then then help yourself, you know, ask yourself, why is it that I am so negative about that? Can I learn to have compassion about why that person is the way that they are? Can I Mm. have acceptance, you know, with regard to the fact that they make different choices or have slightly different values? Mm -hmm. Then can that be okay? I hope yeah. that we're all able to get to a space where we say, yes, I can accept that. Yes, I can, can have compassion that they're doing the best that they can mm-hmm. to live their best life, that they are different from me. You know, our time together may be short or long. But during that, if you have an attitude that is generally more positive, compassionate and accepting, you'll do better to reduce your levels of cortisol during that time. And mm-hmm. you find yourself then as stressed and moving to, to food or other substances as yeah. a way of really trying to push that away. Yeah. Wow. That is a lot of, that is a lot of information. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But it's, it's good because it, for me, it's, 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 it was simple. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that I had a lot of thoughts go through my head, but I'm processing like 100% of the time. I've been in therapy since I was 12. So I, I do that automatically. And for me, I, my, well, I, you, you said, write it down. So my mind went to, okay, I'm going to my mom's house for Christmas. Right. And I still have a little problem with my stepdad. So my thought went to what is the best way to approach him so that we can, you know, um, it's not like it'll turn into a fight. We just need to do a little bit of healing. It can be kind of a tough conversation. So those are good points because now I can do some thoughtful and uh, intentional thinking on that mm-hmm. so that if something pops up, I've already got my answer. That's right. You're ready. You don't have to go to that ism, right? You can go to um, the thing that actually will will benefit you and help you move through this in a way that will get you some resilience and maybe even mm-hmm. some connection with this person. So um you know, I love uh, that we're kind of all processing things all of the time. 
you know, that we, that we can be vulnerable and open. I think that's going to be really, I hope that's really helpful for the listeners. Oh, absolutely. And that's the reason it's called raw recovery because I'll talk about it. I'll talk about anything, Mm -hmm. um, with it, you know, within reason. So, um, man, this has been some great, this has been some great information. Um, uh, we've talked about attitudes, uh, we've covered, we covered some things that I wasn't expecting, like, uh, like the routine, um, that really made me sit down and think, okay, here's my routine. What is it that I can do with my routine to, to maybe change things to help my attitude? But I think most of what I'm hearing here is that we're allowing ourselves the, the power and control over us. I don't like the words power and control. Right. But then, because we've got to, I hate to say it, but I have to own my own emotions. No matter what somebody else does to me, I still have to own them and be responsible for them. You know what? Let's change power and control to um, to like valuable action. There you so go. Thank we you. have we have capability for valuable action, and that can make a difference in in how we feel during the season. Okay, we can certainly move it to valuable action. See, we learn more. We learn more because, you know, and and then and I would like to kind of point out. So we have this thing in AA and it, or it's in OA. It's in all the A's, and it's called the responsibility statement. And it goes when anyone anywhere reaches out for help, I want the hand of AA to be there, and for that I am responsible. And when that originally came out, they were talking about professionals. They were talking about doctors and lawyers and judges and the people that work with with people with addiction, with maybe AUD, SUD, depending on what what it is that you're going through. Um, And that's what we're doing here. Um, And so I'm kind of reiterating how valuable it is for us to have professionals on and and help us work through these things so that we can learn things like valuable actions you know because as soon as power and control came out of my mouth i didn't like it go ahead honest with you i just made that up on the spot but (laughs) but it works it works i think it worked perfect we can't move forward with power and control it's got to be something different than that right It, it does yes so, so what we were, then I'm going to re, I'm going to restate myself here then. Um, what we're saying here is that no matter what happens to you, you can have valuable action behind it. If you prepare. That's right. You can prepare for this. And Dion, I did tell the listeners that there would be four areas. So before yes. we get I want to actually use my words, I suppose, valuable action and apply it to one additional area. Okay. There's a, there's a main, one main area that I think really causes a lot of pressure for people and that's finances and gifting. (laughs) And, you know, one of the things that I think we can make it simple, um, you know, but it didn't used to be so, so much of part of the economy to celebrate sort of the cultural part of. Um, gift giving uh, uh-huh. around Christmas, right? It didn't used to be quite this 
um, money-based, gift thing-based, right? Yeah. Um, and so when we talk about valuable action, you know, really gift-giving is supposed to be to just reconfirm that you care for someone and establish mm-hmm. a connection with them. And the people that will really feel your heartfelt gift, the fact that you thought about them, that maybe even if what you thought about was a little off, um, you yeah. know, and, and you gave it to them and they're like, hmm, okay, but I know this person really thought about that. And I feel that connection, right? Those are the people that ideally we have in our lives. Um, hopefully everybody can kind of move to think about gift giving that way. And it doesn't have to be something really expensive, no, something no. that really creates all of the stress. It can be something made or time you give or, you know, a smile or I just, we just baked some bread for the neighbors, um, you know, and so yeah. that we did and that was fairly inexpensive and we had good conversations with them and that was a gift, right? Um, and so I feel like there are different ways. We don't have to get pigeonholed into this big spending idea. If we don't want to, we can very much, you know, attune with our values, which is connection to others and genuinely showing them that we care. That's the spirit of the mm-hmm. holiday. Then, yeah, I'm the type of person where if somebody makes something for me, I will probably hold on to it for the rest of my life. Absolutely. If you send me a handwritten letter, I've got it. Yeah. I do not, because there's something about a handwritten letter that just, it, you know, I'm a little bit older. So when you got letters in the mail, it was cool. Oh, I mean, I'm even still- my wife now, we used to send mail back and forth to each other mm-hmm. back in the 80s. Yep. So it was, um, uh, but I find that more valuable than somebody spending money on me. Money's never really been, I, I'm not, I don't care much about money. <laughs> no. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I, for me, um, well, and that, you know, I try and utilize love languages and that's kind of hard. So what I try and do is figure out what's that person's love language. And then I try and do something around it so mm-hmm. that it's more appreciated. Um, because I don't, you know, I want just like anybody, if I give a gift, I'd like it to be appreciated. If they mm-hmm. wanted something else, here's the receipt. Right. I'll bitch about it behind your back, but here you go. <laughs> I'm a Virgo. I, I don't buy bad gifts. <laughs> right, right. I love this idea um, of using the love languages. I hadn't considered that before, but I think I'll think on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, it'd be impossible to do it for everybody, but yeah, with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that with my wife a lot, you know, Um mm-hmm. I do things according to her love language, which is time. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what, let's say, um, we have some, um, well, I certainly don't want to cut off from any of the four that we're doing, but I also had the thought of seeing other people and maybe what we could do to help them while we're out there, but let's kind of leave that for last. Yeah, no, we can definitely, um, go right into that. So we've kind okay. of, we, we talked about kind of the, the areas of pressure that I thought were um, predominant for people. And so tell me a little bit about this idea you're thinking about. Um, well, you know, maybe you work, let's say you go to work and you can, you can hear, and this has actually happened. You know, uh, I was at work and one of my peers was just upset about this package. And it was for Christmas and she's from out of the country. So it's a big deal. And she was pretty stressed about it. So um, 
So I, I let her vent with me a little bit, you know, and it's not like she, but you know, she was frustrated. And then, you know, once she was through with that, she was able to move on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, she's a caseworker or a case manager. So she does the same thing I do. Sometimes we need that somebody to just listen for a few minutes. Yes. That's what was going through my mind when you were saying that. Just just listen to someone. That's part of connecting, right? If, if the spirit of Christmas is really in the holidays is really reconfirming and establishing a connection with others, that can be mm -hmm. done in so many different ways, um, including just simply listening to a complete stranger. Um, you know, I, ha I have this kind of phenomenon that happens and maybe because I'm so open to this, um, where I'll find myself anywhere, anytime having a complete random conversation with anyone t telling me lots of things, yeah. um, you know, and I just, I don't mind. I think, yeah, this, obviously they needed to tell someone this and mm -hmm. I'm here and I'm listening and I'm not judging you and I'm accepting you just the way you are. And that's so powerful. If we could, it all, is. if we could all just do that, that that's light you know, that we're putting out into the world. It is. That's it, the spirit. It tr it's true grace. And it is God given, I feel. Uh, I call that meeting others where they are at. Yes. And I was taught that when I was 18. And it works. If you really want to help people, then you'll meet them where they're at. It has nothing to do with me. But I have a lot of experience that might be able to help them. You know, uh, as a you know, I'm a little bit older. I've been through a lot of things. So I may have a life hack for you. Yeah, um, it, Like if you have kids out there, I know they're, they're not going to clean the way you want to. My mom gave me a bit of advice. Be okay with 80%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some flexibility. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. See, you got, you got these great words. Oh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I talk about this stuff all week long. I know. <laughs> we'll practice, I guess. But, yeah. you know, this this idea of um, of working together kind of as a village to help each other through, mm -hmm. through good and and OK and maybe bad. You know, that idea of just being part of, connect, you know, connected to something bigger than yourself, you're being helpful and listening. It's like I'm part of a community when someone will stop and give me the time of day and, and actually make me feel like I'm here, too. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that loneliness can be um, can be pretty unbearable. So when you find a community, um, like when I you know, when I came to AA, I felt like I was coming home because I finally met a bunch of people that were like me. Mm -hmm. That you know, maybe not exactly like me, but when I said something crazy, they're like, "Oh yeah, I get that," you know, and it made me finally feel a part of. And I had never felt that way. I didn't feel that way all my life. I never felt a part of my family or school. So that was a big deal for me. Because the other way was not as nice. It wasn't going to be, you know, I was a drinker and I was committing suicide on the installment plan. Mm -hmm. That's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think if we work really hard, we can even understand people and relate to them in ways um, and, and they're very different from us. And that's yeah. kind of, that's a cool game I like to play. <laughs> you know, how yeah. much how much can I feel like I can relate to someone whom I think is probably yeah. different from me in like most ways, you know? But I know we've got something in there that where we can connect. You know, and I think that's, yeah. that's true of any any pairing of two humans you put together. 
on this earth, there is some yeah. way you can connect with them. Yep. I, you're literally saying, what do I like about this person? So, and we do that because we're all, I love everybody. I love, yeah, but can you find two reasons why you like that person? Yeah, yeah. That's when it gets tough, you know? I, I, I know that, that you would do anything for your kids. You'd even die for them. But will you get well for them? Yeah. Right? We got to, yeah, I think it's about asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. And that's why it takes a tribe. That's why you're saying it takes a lot of people. There's no way I could have done this alone. And I wouldn't want to. I was tired of being lonely. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be alone anymore. And I guess I want everyone out there to know that, you know, there's, there's, you know, so many people on this earth, you know, mm -hmm. the earth, the, the human race, this is your tribe. There are connections to be made. Um, it, it is possible. You, you don't have to feel the loneliness forever. Um, you can connect. And really, when it comes down to it, that's how we reduce the stress of, of the holiday. Connecting yeah. with is connection. Yep. Keep because because then it's a shared stress and it doesn't feel as stress. Oh, you know what? My friend's going through this too. I'm not alone. Yep, exactly. And it can change your attitude so quickly. Mm -hmm. This has been so much fun. I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to, to cover on this podcast? I don't think so today, Deanna. Okay. I covered a lot. Yeah. I think this was a lot of information, um, but very good. And it was, it was simple. That's, that's what um, we understand. Uh, we people in addiction, um, we need it simple or we don't understand it or we'll make it too big than it needs to be. Um, and it's about right sizing. Um, I'd love to reiterate a few things that we, that we talked about here. Um, what we were talking about was managing stress over the holidays. We had some key points that we talked about um, overstimulation and being aware of what is going on around you um, with the lights and the, and the busyness going down. Check it, sit down and, and cover your routine and figure out some balance of things where you could put, you can um, maybe put other service worker things in there. Um Try not to withdraw. We know that it's hard. We know it can be lonely, but please reach out. I will make sure that there are phone numbers that you can reach out to uh, for for both of us and any and a crisis line if you need it. We will send that out. And of course, service work. Service work is always a great idea for any kind of attitude. It says it in our literature all over the place that nothing so much ensures immunity from your isms as intensive work with other people. It says that in there a little differently, but you know, we got to change it so that everybody, because this is all inclusive here. Um, uh, Dr. Jenkins, thank you so much for taking your time. I, I can't, I wouldn't be able to stress that enough. And uh, I look forward to being on the show again. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Thank you everybody for being here. Uh, this is a Raw Recovery, a Trudging Together podcast. My name is Dion Miller. I have been your host. I love you all. You know I do. Peace out and have a day.